Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Marketing, Management, and Money here with Ethan and Ryan. So we are going to do a follow-up from our last episode, part one on limiting beliefs. If you haven't checked out that episode, uh, we talked a lot about uh, limiting beliefs and kind of how that comes in and, uh, you know, messes with your business, messes with your mind a little bit. One of the things that we got to at the end that we want to pick up with today is how to get past those limiting beliefs. I mean, we talked about the the damage that they can have on your company and, you know, what it can do to kind of get stuck in some of those limiting beliefs. But uh, we didn't get to talk much about how to break through those limiting beliefs. So in the episode today, we are going to do part deux of uh, limiting beliefs. And uh, we're going to make sure that uh, that we cover kind of that, that breakthrough stage and uh, what to do next. So I'm going to start off by saying the first step to failure is trying. So... <laughs> So if I never try, I'll never fail. (laughs) That's right. It wipes out all the limiting beliefs right there. (laughs) But we don't want to use that as our our premise for today because we have some good material and I I know this this is a love of yours in the background. So uh, I'm excited to hear what you're going to share with us today. So when I'm looking at, uh, you know, kind of a breakthrough, uh, one, all right, the first thing that I want to say is any business is going to have to make a mental decision, whether it's conscious or subconscious, but it's being made. And that is, are you staying where you are? Are you moving backwards? Or are you moving forward? And one of the things that I want to talk about is I want to talk about every business just is going to default to, oh yeah, we're moving forward. You know, we're doing good things. And I'm like, mm, actually most businesses that I've worked with are not moving forward. Businesses are not linear. It's not like you start and every day you get better. It's it's very much like the stock market. If you look at the stock market, you know, it goes up, it goes down, and it goes up and goes down. Well, the stock market, if you're looking at those graphs, you're typically looking at like an aggregate, like the S&P 500 or, you know, the Dow Jones or, you know, some of these uh, some, some of these different, uh, you know, mixes. And overall, yeah, you know, mankind is progressing, business is progressing, but there every day, there are stocks that just go completely worthless. I uh, I invested in some penny. Have you ever done penny stocks? A long time ago. <laughs> just once. <laughs> yeah. If anyone wants to lose some money, that's that's a great, uh, it's a great learning experience that will cost you some money. Uh, I don't recommend it, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I invested in, uh, in some penny stocks and yeah, a year later they were worthless and, and, and I just lost that money and I was just like, huh, well, lesson learned. And, you know, so in business, just because you're in business, just because your business is there, just because you have customers doesn't necessarily mean that you're moving forward. And so I look at it, I'm like, okay, what's your mindset? Do you have a mindset that you're moving forward? Do you have a mindset that you're not? And be more conscious. Well, that kind of sounds funny. Be more conscious of the subconscious. You know, it's it, it's not what you're actually thinking. It's what you're doing. It's your the thoughts that are causing your actions. You know, I know people that they show up to their business. They do the same thing every single day. They're stuck, especially, you know, if you've been a business owner for 30, 40 years, something like that, man, you got some bad habits. And are you fighting against those? Or are you just accepting those? And you might think you're like, oh, hey, you know, I, I run my business. I know how to do this. But 
you know, what, what really are you doing to reinvent yourself? Because the markets have changed over the last four decades. Have you? you know? And you said something really, really profound when you talked about subconscious, because most limiting beliefs, that's where they start. Oh, sure. They're, they're ingrained because of past experiences that we've had, uh, the way we were raised. Uh, you, you know, a lot of it goes back a ways. And so you have to start to recognize that subconsciousness that is driven or is embedded in those limiting beliefs because you can't you can't move past them unless you understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we all have them. That, that 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 that's another thing that I want to point out is that you know I don't I don't care how many Tony Robbins programs you've gone to, <laughs> you still have limiting beliefs, right? They're still there. You have not managed to you know just pull them all out of your body because what happens is the second that you you know conquer one, you're now faced with another one, and and it's not again it's not linear. It's not like every day I'm automatically getting better. If I want to get better, I got to fight. I got to fight. And and if I am getting better, I got to fight harder to get better than that. You know, I, I I've seen. So this is something that uh, that I think is super interesting. Watching professional athletes, uh, you know, we just we just wrapped up the Olympics, right? And you see these professional athletes that they're at the uh, at the top of their game, but they've been at the the top of their game for years, and the pressure, you know, and then you start to see them and you're just like, oh, yeah, they only got the bronze medal. And I'm like, you punk. How many bronze medals do you have? You know, <laughs> I mean, this person has had to, you know, for the last eight years, they've had to perform at peak performance. And there's constantly everyone in the world is trying to pull them down and just shatter their record. Like that's their entire goal you know, and, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I knew he didn't have it in him. He just only was able to pull the bronze. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? You know, but, but yeah, in your business, where are you, you know? But, but that's fascinating because um, comparison, when you use that, see, we do a comparison. Comparison is the basis, and a lot of times for what I would say all unhappiness, is when you do nothing but have to compare yourself to someone else, which... In business, there's some comparisons that are healthy when we mm -hmm. talk about business ratios, but comparisons in general uh, create numerous limiting beliefs <laughs> that that you've got to stop doing that because there is always someone better than you and there's always someone worse than you. So depending on the comparison, you're like, oh, I'm doing great. I don't need to do anything else. <laughs> or comparing yourself to someone who's absolutely amazing that that has just accelerated and you're like, oh, I can never be like them. I'm not even gonna try. Yeah, yeah. So you, you really have to be com uh, cautious when it comes to those comparisons because uh, literally they'll drive you into depression. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay, we, we and, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it a, a second to kind of pinpoint these because we technically have given you two steps uh, already to overcome limiting beliefs. You know, and I just picture that there's someone out there listening. There's like, when are you going to get to anything? I'm like, well, <laughs> hey, we actually covered two steps already. You know, so the first step is to be aware of what your, you know, what your belief systems are, where you're at, what what direction mentally are you moving, uh, and and dig into that subconscious level. You know, look look at that. So so the first step is you you got to understand where the, these beliefs are coming from, what kind of beliefs you have, how strong those beliefs are. And then the second step is 
you know, be aware of, of comparisons, how to use comparative data correctly. You know, you, you, you talked about, uh, you know, your ratios and when we're just sabotaging ourselves by constantly comparing, constantly looking at, you know, some other business or some other thing. Uh, the way I like to overcome comparisons is I like to get down to some absolutes. Like, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, with looking at, uh, at, you know, what other businesses are doing. But if you are, you know, looking at absolutes and saying, hey, are our sales growing? Are we being more efficient with what we're doing? You know, that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking at and saying, okay, that's that's a great comparison. Comparing yourself to where you've been and where you're going, that's healthy. I agree. You have to understand where you're currently at. You can't move forward if you don't truly understand the situation that you're in so that you can move past it. And and we find, and maybe this is tied into the third step that you want to talk about is that a lot of times these limiting beliefs are actually fueled by conflicting beliefs. So a, a classic example is that you come to a T in a road and when you stop at the T in the road, you look to the, to the left and what do you see? You see a sign that says, beware. And you go, ooh. So I turn and I look to the right. Maybe that's a better choice. And it says danger. <laughs> so we now have conflicting beliefs. Well, which one's worse? And then all of a sudden, well, maybe I'll just back up a little bit. And what do we do? We turn around and there's a car right behind us. Mm-hmm. And then as we stare a little bit more, next thing you know, the car behind us starts honking its horn and gets agitated. So now, now we're heightened. We're, we're more nervous. We're more frustrated. Um, when the reality of it is, is when you talk about the using good data, well, what did the beware mean? And what did the danger mean? We didn't take the time to actually say, well, beware, there's potholes. That's mm-hmm. it. We just need to just dodge a few potholes. Yeah. And danger, there's road construction, so we don't want you to hit anybody. Okay? Right. But instead, we, we go into this conflicting views and, and we freeze. So mm-hmm. we do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. So, um, and these are in no order, by the way. You know, as we're, this isn't like the 12 step program that is like, okay, step number one, step number two, step number three. These are things to say, if you have limiting beliefs, some of the ways that you're going to get past this is with these, these different tools. And one of the tools that I'd like to bring up is pain. So a lot of times to get through a limiting belief, it causes pain, whether that's real or perceived, but it's going to cause pain. So if you think about this. If you want to lose weight, if that's your goal is to lose weight, why don't you do it? Because of pain. You think, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be miserable to wake up super early in the morning and have to go running. And, oh, man, when I go running, I'm gonna, my knees are going to ache and I'm going to have this side ache. And, then, you know, and I can't run in the middle of the day because then I'll get all sweaty and I have to be at work sweaty and that's going to you know, make me stinky. Like you're thinking of all the pain that that you're going to experience now some of that's real and some of that's perceived so first off on the perceived stuff you gotta you gotta just keep moving forward and realize that okay some of the stuff that i think is going to happen isn't going to happen but you got to realize some of it is you probably are you know if you've never run in the last five years and now all of a sudden you're running you're probably going to hurt a little bit the first time you're going to get some sore muscles you're going to be out of breath you're going to feel some pain Pain is a good indicator of pushing through a limiting belief. 
And so if you're not feeling some discomfort in your business, if you're not sitting down and being like, oh my gosh, I hope that that was a good decision to invest in that. You know, like if you don't have those moments, if if everything is comfortable, then going back to that subconscious, you're actually moving backwards. And you might not notice that you're moving backwards because you're moving backwards by the competition moving forward. And they're just, they're, they're passing you and you have no idea. And then all of a sudden sales are dropping. You can't figure out why sales are dropping. You're having a hard time attracting talent because they look at you as a dinosaur. And there's like, I don't want to go work for a place that I think is going to die, you know? And, 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 and so if you're not willing to take on a little bit of pain and, and pain can be fear, discomfort, uh, you know, it, it can be nervousness, you know, so when I say pain, I'm not literally, you know, like go jam your finger in the door to be like, ha, I'm overcoming my limiting beliefs. Ah, that's stupid. I'm talking about, you know, being okay with some discomfort, being okay with things that you're just like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, if you're not willing to be in that space, you're not overcoming limiting beliefs. You know, a great example to, to help the listeners understand it is when we talk about employees, a limiting belief is employees are going to screw things up. They're not going to get it right. I'm going to have to redo it for them and they're expensive. Okay. That's a limiting belief mm -hmm. that is far from being true, but you see all those pain points, but there might be some pain points because guess what? When I hire that first employee, guess what I have to do? I have to train them. Right. I do have to train them. Okay. So that they can start to duplicate what I do at a cheaper rate, which is how I make money. Mm -hmm. Okay. So training is there. So when you talk about pain points, that's a Real simple one to understand. When I hire that employee, I have to train them. If I don't go through the process of training them, yeah, you're going to have other pain points that will be the evidence that you're looking for that employees are going to ruin my business. But if you do the simple and the healthy type of pain, like training, it solves the problem and it sets the stage for a lot of success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so, okay. Training kind of leads me into uh, another, you know, another thing that I want to talk about. It's cheesy, it's cliche, but knowledge is power, right? And if I've got a limiting belief, usually it's because I, I've got unknowns. You gave the beautiful example of like the fork in the road, you know, danger and beware. If I don't know what that is referring to, then immediately I'm going to this thought of, oh, okay, these these are negative, these are bad. And it's like, well, no, these are actually just helping me navigate the road better. And, and so if I struggle with a lot of limiting beliefs, how much knowledge do I have? Now, here's the problem. Again, we get in these, these circles of comfort, and we like to study things that we like to study, and we ignore things that we're not comfortable with. One of the ones that I see all the time is business owners fail to take the time to understand their finances. And because of that, they can't make sound decisions. And because of that, they get in the habit of guessing. And then because of that, it creates frustration because when you guess, you flip-flop. And, you know, and, and, and so you know, I look at this and I'm like, okay, you might have a limiting belief over here that this investment is too risky. But really that is stemming to your lack of financial understanding and you don't like that and so you read market and industry reports the entire time because you find financial data to be boring 
And so because you're sticking in a comfort zone, you can't overcome this limiting belief of understanding whether or not this, you know, the, the, this investment is risky or not, or if it's a calculated risk because of lack of education. I agree. And I, I like the terminology that you used to comfort, you know, you weren't a comfort zone. Mm. A lot of times we don't recognize that and, and even worse, recognize it as it's a limiter. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, there's all kinds of good information out there about to help you understand whether you're in a comfort zone that, so I'm not, I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail today as much as tell the listeners to Google that. And <laughs> there's a lot of really good data on mm -hmm. understanding comfort zones because, uh, or lifestyles, you know, we call them lifestyle businesses. It makes enough gas to pay for my boat for the weekend. So I'm content. Right. So, um, those are, those are just killers for business and business growth. Mm -hmm. And, but they're easily overcome. I mean, the, some of the suggestions you've made have been um, powerful. And uh, another maybe suggestion I would make is understanding when you talk about the introspection and that personal development is also understanding uh, your thought patterns. I, you know, in one of our episodes, we talked a little bit about introvert versus extrovert. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if I'm an introvert, there's going to be some things that are going to be tougher for me than if I'm an extrovert. And if I understand that I'm an introvert, then when that comes up, I recognize it and I can work past it versus if I don't even realize I'm an introvert and I just, then I, I grew up with the belief that I'm socially awkward, which is a farce. Mm -hmm. No, you're an introvert. It's a different way of how you uh, deal with things. You can easily overcome that stuff by recognizing some of those idiosyncrasies that we have as humans that we too often don't put any time into understanding ourselves. So why I'm on a tangent here for a second. Why does everyone assume that like introverts have things that they need to overcome, but extroverts, man, they just got to like made in the shade. <laughs> you don't see an introvert that made the evening news by doing something entirely stupid that just wrecked their whole lives because they do all their stupid stuff in their own private homes. That's right. So <laughs> what, where, where's this limiting belief that introverts need to work on themselves and extroverts have figured it out? <laughs> well, be, because I know where it comes from because as a parent, what do you say? Oh, my child is shy. They're not shy. They're introverted. Yeah. But you've classified them as shy or reserved and then you've just, you've already put them in because you didn't understand the difference as a parent, you know, yeah. but the, you know, same thing comes down to, uh, the differences between people who are driven by, um, thinking, meaning they're driven by facts and data versus those that are driven by feelings, which means that they're driven by people and emotions, okay. Mm -hmm. Compassion and emotions. Okay. Because as a business owner, generally you say, I have to make the tough decisions, which means it's facts and data. But as soon as you say, I'm making that decision based on facts and data, I'm the bad guy, whatever else. No, you can make decisions based off of facts and data and value your employees. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there, there's all kinds of nuances that when you understand yourself, um, going back to your one step on that introspection, uh, that is a really powerful of overcoming a lot of things when it comes to limiting beliefs. Well, so, and, and, and I'm going to keep hitting on this introvert extrovert tangent because I came to a realization that I didn't know. I mean, I've, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 40 years old and I'm thinking, ah, oh, yeah, you know, I figured a lot of things out. Right. Well, I had this realization when COVID hit. 
So everything got shut down. And I'm just like, I don't care. Because I love to just go out in the mountains. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll go in these remote canyons and go exploring. And for me, that's that's how I relax and unwind. And I'm like, hey, guess what? That never got shut down. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, socially distanced to begin with. You know, instead of 600 feet, I'm 600 miles from anybody. And that's my goal, right? And so... Um, so I thought this whole time that I'm just like, well, I'm an introvert with a fun personality, <laughs> right? <laughs> so there's one thing that I miss, and I don't know how to overcome it. I miss a good social party. I love getting together with a lot of people. And I didn't realize that that was a need that I had because it would just happen naturally. You know, I would do these live trainings. I'd get in front of a couple hundred people and, you know, and it was just a lot of fun. Or I'd go to these events and they'd have, you know, a thousand or several thousand people at them. And I, like, I love people watching. I love going down, you know, crowded streets in big cities and just, uh, you know, just kind of checking out what's going on. And uh, and so that was all taken away because of, of the covid and, you know, so because that was taken away, I'm sitting here thinking to myself that, uh, you know, like, like, I'm like, ah, no big deal, but, but I miss it and it's, it's gone. And so, you know, when you talk about the introspection, I'm like, okay, where are my beliefs? My limiting belief was I'm just like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm an introvert with a fun personality. I'm like, no, no, I'm an extrovert <laughs> who likes going canyoneering. <laughs> you know, that's... <laughs> That's right, which means month three into COVID, you're just going, what has happened? Mm -hmm. Because you needed the social interaction. Yeah. Which means that, that oh, this is painful. <laughs> right. Well, and I manage by an extrovert style. I love to, uh, you know, I talk with, uh, you know, with my, with my team a lot. I want to spend a lot of time discussing things, interacting, having meetings that, you know, that, that we can be together on. And, you know, I've got, uh, I've got some introverts on my team that when you couldn't have in-person meetings, they're just like, finally, I can get my work done, you know? And I had to think about that from a management perspective. It's like, oh, are we forcing different styles upon people because of our beliefs, you know? So, so there's not only overcoming your limiting beliefs, but not imposing your beliefs onto the rest of your team and making, you know, thinking that everyone thinks the way you think, everyone wants what you want. You know, we need to make sure that as we're managing, that we're allowing people to be who they want to be, who they thrive as, as an individual, and not, you know, overly imposing because it's like, well, I'm the owner or, you know, I, I'm the boss. And, and now all of a sudden they're stuck doing it our way. And they're just like, I hate your way, <laughs> you know. And that's, that's a, a powerful another point in that limiting beliefs is, is that I would have never thought of as forcing our beliefs on someone else, which stifles them because mm -hmm. that, that happens all the time. You know, when I, a boss comes in and doesn't ask my opinion, you know, it, it, I always call it the, are you asking my opinion or my affirmation? Okay. <laughs> well, when they come in and they just want my affirmation that I had this great idea and I don't agree with it, guess what? Now I'm stuck with this conflict of beliefs. Well, what do I do? Do I do what my boss says? Okay. Or do I do what I really know is best that would be better for the company and how do I bridge and open up that conversation? Mm -hmm. So that, that's a, an interesting point you've brought up. Yeah. So 
we, we only have just a couple minutes and then we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Uh, but I, I wanted you to just take a second on that. You know, do you want my opinion? Do you want my affirmation? I know that you, you summed it up, but what really happens here? You know, when people are asking for stuff, what are they asking for? Because I think this is something worth covering a little bit more. Well, a lot of times we come to people and we're asking, hey, um, we're going to do this, but we, we always ask it in the form of a question, okay, trying to get them to buy off on our idea. And so we're really asking for their affirmation that, oh, yeah, you're great, a great idea, let's do this one. When the reality of it is, is we're asking, we use words like, hey, tell me your opinion on something, mm-hmm. or how do you feel about this? But that's really not what we're asking. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're not saying, I have an idea, and I need to implement this one. How can I do it? Okay, that, that's what you should say if that's what you really want to do. So mm-hmm. don't make the mistake of, of creating false beliefs by phrasing something that is really an affirmation you're trying to get their support on versus do you really want their opinion. And, and I'm glad that you use the term false beliefs because I kind of wanted to wrap up with this thought that when we say limiting beliefs, we're not only talking about you know beliefs that are like from my childhood, I keep holding on to this and I can't let go, but a false belief is limiting you because you're not accepting the reality of the situation. A, a limiting belief could be too small of a belief where you, know, you, you restrict getting outside input in. So there are all sorts of limiting beliefs. And we always think of limiting beliefs. In, uh, this is a limiting belief. How ironic. We always think of them in terms of like motivation, where it's like, oh, well, you know, if, if I'm motivated, I don't have limiting beliefs. And I'm like, you can be the most motivated manager out there. And if you're imposing your ideas in the form of a question, and if people, when they respond honestly and they get chastised, especially publicly, then what you did is you just created a culture where you said, don't provide input. And now the brain capacity is limited to one person, the manager only, because all of the people will not provide honest feedback anymore. And so it's not, limiting beliefs is not a question of whether you're motivated to get a job done, whether you're excited. It's a question of whether you're letting your beliefs restrict the information flow, restrict the possibilities, restrict whatever your business could do. And, and that's really how I look at it. Is I'm like, okay, what restrictions are there and how do we limit those restrictions? And I like that you've kind of summed it up in that because too often we think of a limited belief as a thought of something like, um, I, I struggle keeping the finances of my book, so I don't really do it. So, you know, instead of investing in QuickBooks or something like that, so, mm-hmm. or marketing is too expensive. Okay? Mm-hmm. So those are very common ones. But the one you just talked about that limits and stifles the culture of your business will have more damage than your belief on um, marketing is too expensive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully you got some good insight from this episode. If you uh, have any uh, any thoughts or feedback that you want to kick out to us, you can reach us at uh, info at Marketing Management Money. You can reach me directly, Ryan at Marketing Management Money. Uh, we love to hear back from you and uh, hope to catch you next time. Take care. Thanks, everyone. 
Take control of your business today. Go to LearnDesk.us and search Marketing Management and Money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions. 